This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Now that we are in the midst of an international and national conversation about systemic racism, a very familiar voice of the Zoomer generation is stepping forward with his experience. Hal Johnson is famous for Body Break, the popular fitness segment he starred in and produced with his wife, Joanne McLeod, since the late 80s. Hal and Joanne are still engaged in promoting fitness, especially for Zoomers. They have appeared with me on the Zoomer TV and are front and center in a current campaign to avoid frailty as we age. Over 2 million older Canadians will be living with frailty. But there are steps you can take to avoid frailty. Remember this simple word, avoid. It stands for activity. Keep your muscles strong. Vaccinate against the flu, shingles, and pneumonia. Optimize your medications. Interact and stay social. Diet. Increase your protein, calcium, and vitamin D. For information on how to avoid frailty, visit cfn-nce.ca. Well... Bottom line, they are well-liked, respected, and successful personalities, and that's why it's so shocking to learn that the creation of Body Break came about as a way to overcome racism in mainstream media. So, you probably have questions. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod, join me now. Hi, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Libby. Hi, our pleasure. Okay, well, it's great to talk to you. And I, before we get to the reaction to all of this, Hal, take us back. So uh, back in the 80s, uh, you were offered your dream job as a reporter, a sports reporter at TSN. Tell us what happened. Well, yeah, I was offered the job um, by Jack Hutchinson, a lovely gentleman, at, at 11 o'clock in the morning after I auditioned and sent in my tape. And they, he uh, thought I made the grade and I could do it. And then uh, 2 o'clock, he called me and he said, unfortunately, uh, the higher-ups did not think that uh, having two black reporters at the same time simultaneously would be would be a good idea. And um, subsequently, he, he uh, I was fired at two o'clock. So I was a sports reporter for only three hours. And um, I, I moved on after that. And uh, fortunately, I, uh, you know, uh, met Joanne and uh, lived happily ever after. So I, that's, uh, it, it was it was a good thing. So I well, it turned out that way. But uh, I mean, to me, it's stunning that you were actually told, sorry, we already have a black reporter, no room at the end. Now, what was your reaction to hearing that? Well, I I was obviously you know uh, uh, frustrated and you know a little dismayed, but it was interesting because uh, Jack 
he was literally, literally in tears, uh, telling me this over the phone. And he kept saying, this isn't right. This isn't right. And, and so he was seemingly more upset than I was, um, about it. And so when somebody's you know, giving you that news and he knows it's not right, he, I just, I, I wasn't really angry. I don't, you know, I, I certainly you know, wasn't bitter. I remembered it. And I think it becomes scar tissue in your, in your mind after a while that, uh, yeah, you know, you're kind of being beaten down for no, you know, fault of your own, but uh, you've got to get up and, you know, persevere. And that's, you know, kind of been, you know, Joanne and, and myself, that's been our way with Body Break. We've, over the years, you know, uh, Joanne, I'll let her talk for herself, but she we've always says that we're two little beavers just working away and uh, doing our thing. And, you know, we get knocked down here and there, but we get up uh, and, and keep going and doing it again. Joanne, when did you first hear this story? Oh, the the day it happened. And what was interesting for me is when I look back on that time, we um we had only been dating about oh um about a month at the time and even in that short period of time i had already realized that our relationship was different and people close to me you know being uh, pointing out that uh you know black man white woman shouldn't that that's not right and and i was beginning to be aware of of that, and then when Hal um, mentioned what had happened, I I I know I was in kind of shock um, that this was happening. Like you you think even back in the eighties, you there was still uh, a feeling that oh wow, like things had, but then things hadn't. But I was being introduced to this um, uh, for the first time that hearing it was it was shocking and and when i think of um the not only the tsn thing but also you know how going on that commercial let's with, hear the be, before we uh, comment on it let's let's hear that story about what happened on the commercial very it's very pertinent to uh, black man white woman how tell us the story you were shooting a, a commercial for a car race right no no uh, i was a woodbine a horse race I, okay a sorry woodbine, uh, racetrack and um, there was myself. There was a, a white gentleman and a white woman, and we were we were um, the crowd, and we were cheering, and we were we were rehearsing. And then, then uh, partway through, the assistant director came over and whispered something to the director, and and then the the white man went next to me, and the uh, white girl went on the other side of of him. So there would be no confusion that um, she was with me, and and so. I went, um, I was in the buffet line at, uh, lunch and I, I just happened to be, uh, the, the director was in front of me and I asked him, my assistant director, I asked him, oh, why did you switch us? And he said, oh, the client didn't really want you to be next to her just in case people could be, think you were with her. And, and that afternoon I started to sketch out a, um, kind of a storyboard, uh, of, uh, of an idea. And again, I just kind of met Joanne. Um, just before that, and Joanne and I had had you know talked about you know TV and so forth, and and what we you know maybe there's something we could do, and this sparked the idea that um, that you know men and women and p- persons of color we all are equal, and and fitness was a great uh, avenue because all of us want to be healthy regardless of our who we are. Uh, we've got a heartbeat, you want to be healthy. 
And so we can all find this common denominator. And, but, but, and so what we... Hal, you know, wait a minute. Told, Hal, wait a minute. I just... What, but you, you, you're told something like that. Didn't it make you angry? Um, not... I, I can't really... I, you know, think back. Uh, maybe I look back in rose-colored glasses or whatever, but I don't ever remember being angry. I was actually excited when... I came back to Joanne that afternoon. She was going to take me to the airport. I was supposed to fly out to San Diego. And I was excited about this idea. And um, we sat down and talked about it. And we channeled our energy together uh, towards this as opposed to channeling it to the the things that you... you, you I couldn't change the director's mind. I, uh, so why bother? And, and I just moved on. Joanne, did it and make also- you angry? I, I I was more confused and and um, I it kind of couldn't believe it. And I, but I think from from Hal's perspective, also th- this wasn't the first time something like this would happen. Um, Hal, I, 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 you know, when you would say to me about um, when you would potentially want to date a white woman when you were younger. There was always this kind of backlash, and and it. I think Hal has experienced uh, situations that lead up to a point where you go, "Okay, I can't fight it. What can I do to solve it?" And I think that's where it's no. It's no longer an anger. It, it's channeled in a in a more uh, proactive approach, and but, but... we were fortunate enough that. We were able to go. There's something that we can do um, that can be in our control to make a difference. Yeah, I mean that's that's great and very positive. But watching this happen to your partner, your boyfriend, didn't it? You know, annoy you? Didn't you think what is this baloney? Oh, I, I, I yeah. My first thought was like, what? Like, like this is wrong. I think you know when, for for whatever reason, I had this uh, uh, be- just a strong belief that what was happening was wrong, whether it was the TSN thing or the the racetrack, it was wrong, and um, and I think because of the way Hal reacted, um, it also helped me react more on a. Uh, uh, a positive level. How if he if he was yelling and screaming and and you know you know not uh, reacting very negatively like a, 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 like a victim, then obviously that would have affected me. Yeah, I have a hunch that's not exactly his temperament. No, how, no, not at all. How not at all. Um, when it. Another version of that happened when you came up with the concept of body break. Tell us about that. Well, uh, after we come up with the idea uh, that the, that sparked the idea of that day at the racetrack to to come up with this uh, thought of you know getting all Canadians to be active. Um, under really, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give Canadians the medicine of showing that we're. We can all live, work, and play together, but we're giving it under the guise of fitness. So we're giving them a little bit of medicine, and they don't even know they're taking it. So that was 
kind of what we did. And I went to 42 different companies, never talked about race, never talked about what we were, you know, that was our underlying theme. It was about getting Canadians fit and healthy. Um, until I, I knocked on the 42 doors and then we were all turned down. And I was never discouraged by it, but it was my training as a salesperson of always being, you know, said no to that I took the positive and moved on. And then I hit TSN again and they loved the show, um, but they, the person said, I love the show, but because you're black and Joanne's white, we can't put it on the air. But if, if you can still produce it and direct it, but we'll have a white person in your, your spot. And I, I said, well, uh, I don't think so. Thanks very much. And I went home that afternoon and, and I went home and I asked Joanne, I said, who does the fitness for the government? Because at the time, um, I thought, um, that, you know, the, the government that was doing a multi, um, um, multi-cultural campaign. And I'm thinking the government might think that me being black and Joanne being white was a good thing. And she said, Joanne says from the next room, I remember this distinctly. She says, participation, participation does it. And I looked up in the phone book called participation. And basically within about, uh, I'd say about four weeks or so, or four, I can't even, I can't remember that three to five weeks. We had a contract and, uh, had a contract for a test series of episodes, and, and we did that with participation, and then it grew into a longer contract. Uh, wow. I mean, and are you telling me that that, that reaction from TSN uh, didn't annoy you, didn't make you angry? No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, when you're, it's funny, it's kind of like saying, you know, when you're hitting the teeth, like so many times you, you got, you know, two ways you can go. And, and I just, it, it just seemed like it was just another thing you had to get around. Like, so, um, I, I thought well, that guy's kind of narrow minded, but as I look back on it, and I've, you know, I've certainly reflected upon it, uh, over these years is I, is that this gentleman, I don't believe was racist. I don't believe he was prejudiced. He was afraid. He was afraid to, um, uh, do something different to he, you know, he probably had a, a wife and two kids and had a mortgage and he didn't want to get fired from his job. So he was afraid to do something that was, it was a little, a little risky in his mind of what was out of the norm. And so what we've hoped to do with, with, I've hoped to do with body break over the years is to make it normal to make when you see interracial people on TV, you don't go, Oh, look at that. You know, isn't that terrible? And from the reaction that we've gotten on, on YouTube from all the literally hundreds of people, um, uh, we, we made a small impression upon these people that it's okay for people to be uh, of different races together. And, and that really is very heartwarming to us. It's very, we feel very humbled and, and very proud of that. What made you, you posted this uh, in a uh, video on YouTube. The reaction has been... I mean, viral, huge. People have really responded to it. And there was a pretty immediate apology from TSN all, all these, all these years later. What's, why did you put it up now? And, and what's your reaction to the reaction? Well, well I put, I, putting it up now was just, it wasn't thought through, really. I didn't know what to, when every, when uh, George Floyd was murdered and then all the protesting and, 
and um, marching and so forth, I thought, what should I do? I, what should I say? Um, uh, it was uh, it was the blackout Tuesday, and I put that. I, I didn't even realize it was six o'clock because I wasn't on social media. I was busy that day, and and so I put it up. And it's funny, I put the, that blackout Tuesday up on Instagram and Facebook, and I on my pages, and I I didn't even feel good about it. It felt like it was like you know just a uh, a social media thing to do. It didn't feel heartfelt, and it felt kind of uncomfortable doing it actually. And so I knew it wasn't me. And, it, and so I just thought that, you know, it's after talking to a lot of friends, uh, just about when they would call me and ask me, you know, they were confused what to talk about and, you know, finding your voice. That's one friend of mine who's a sociologist, uh, Lowell Taylor. And he says, uh, he was trying to find his voice. He's white and he wants to say something, but he doesn't know what to say. And, um, and then it just it just occurred to me uh, that I um, uh, could shoot something straight to camera, just tell how Body Break was uh, gives you know some examples of of racism inst- incidences, but at the end of the day, you, you know, having a positive attitude, having things that uh, other people that can help you help you through it, like you know, again, in in my case, you know, without Joanne, it, it would have never happened. I mean, it's. Uh, having someone there to support you every step of the way um, through this process and support each other. That's how, you know, we became a, a team and bonded, you know, very quickly uh, upon all of these things. Let's take a call from Chris in Oshawa. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, I'm on the air. Hello. Hello. Is that Hal Johnson? Yes. And Joanne <laughs> McLeod. Oh, my God, you're there, too. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I just I didn't want to take all the time. I'm I'm just uh, very nice to speak to you guys. I just wanted to say I don't really have a major comment, but um, you know I'm over 36 years old, and I would have seen you guys on TV when I was five and six. You know, watching the TV, and uh, you know I you guys being on the TV, and then you know Hal just being there on the TV, kind of. I grew up just thinking that all these things that we're talking about racism and black people and white people dating, you know wasn't a problem so i just you know think it was good that you guys got on the tv and uh thanks for being on the show okay chris oh, i've, I've got to i've got to let you go because your line is very noisy but thank you for that <laughs> thank you very much well that's interesting because a lot of younger people now say it looks normal um when it was definitely not normal or it was not accepted that you know, not that long ago, Hal, you were telling me that you are biracial and that your parents were also a, a black and white couple that came before you, obviously. Well, yeah, they did. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. They, um, so whatever I've gone through, they've gone through in spades. Um, my mom actually, for the first time, told me a story uh, last week that I didn't know about, but she worked at Canada Vinegar back in the uh, back in the early '60s, and and she happened to see somebody from work on a uh, on a Saturday um, at a grocery store from a distance, and they saw her with her two little black children, and she told she told me that she told my dad she says I will be fired on Monday, and my mom was let go on uh, that Monday from from her job because. Really? The person went in and told that that my mom was married to a black man, and um, you know this was this was in Toronto. So this is you know it's uh, it, it, yeah. So it's and I had never heard that before. My mom told me that. So 
it's um, yeah, it's and that's why I say things that we go through today is nothing, nothing compared to what my parents go through. So, you know, it's almost like you know you look at somebody and you say you've got a oh gee my ankle's really sore and you look at somebody and and they've got they they don't have a a leg and you go gee what am I complaining about? And that's kind of how I um, I've I've looked at it that it's uh, um, what we've gone through is is not as hard. I think the, the most racism that I uh, that I find that, that's in your face is when you date, and that's that it, it it always comes up, and I laugh like I it's funny how I laugh about it, but I would even laugh at the time when I would say date a um, white white person in in high school or whatever, and. I would say, are your parents okay with me, you know, with me? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, my parents are great. And I'd come home. It was like, guess who's coming to dinner? And they'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, And I've had doors sh- shut in my face. You know, father's saying, no, you're not going out. You're not going with this guy. And, um, you know, uh, like those things happen. And and I would always, I would always be ready for it. But... Uh, but it's uh, it just that those things happen. It's, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, Hal's mom this morning, and we were talking about sort of how uh, you know what, what she had to uh, um, Hal's dad and her had to endure, and and she she said to me she wishes that her her mom and dad could actually see what's happening now. Um, you know it uh, because they're. It is okay. It's it's almost like um, it is okay what she did. And for so many years, you know, she was made to to feel that it wasn't okay. And I, I thought, yeah, you know, that's a um, that that's a, just another way to to think about it. And and the the lasting impact that when people you know shun you that. Um, you're left feeling that you're doing something wrong when, in fact, you know, you're not. You know, that's, to, to give that's... you an idea, my grandmother uh, and my parents at the time lived out in Calgary. And my, my grandmother was there in, a, in, an, in an, old, um, an old age home, and she had Alzheimer's, and she was 88 years old. And my mom would visit her a couple times a week. And every time my mom would visit her, the picture of my sister and myself would be in the drawer, and all the other grandchildren would be out. So she had Alzheimer's, but it was so ingrained in her. She was still ashamed of my sister and myself seeing these black faces um, that she would put it in my in the drawer, and that hurt my mom, my mom's feelings. And uh, every time she'd take the picture out and put it back out, and then when she'd come back the next couple of days, that picture, the picture of just my sister and I, would be in the drawer. You know that that's that's such an interesting thing that that. Uh... This whole experience is is drawing out your mother to tell you things that that she had kept from you growing up. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it's just you know I I knew my grandmother. I wasn't number one on the hit parade with yeah. my 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 grandmother. Um, you know, as uh, but it's that's the way it is. You know, it's uh, that's the way it was. Uh, you know, and um, uh, yet my grandfather brought my mom up that everybody was equal. In fact, when my mom would tell me when they would live in Saskatoon and they would go to Banff, my grandfather would see these signs saying, no Jews allowed. And he would, 
tell my mom, this is wrong. We are not staying there because this place, they're not Jewish, but this place would not allow um, Jews to be there. And so that was how my mom was brought up that, you know, especially my grandfather, he was, he was, um, uh, you know, from, from Ireland and he, uh, uh, he had wanted nothing to do with the, the, the religion and all the fighting over there. And, and he, that's why he came to Canada. So he's, um, he, he gave good values to, to my mom. And, um, you know, so it's, it, it is, she had to abandon her family, uh, when she married my dad. So we had very little contact until later in life, uh, uh with my, uh, with, with any of my relatives on that side. That's, um, yeah, that's so awful. Uh, did you suffer what the sociologists would call microaggressions, which are kind of not overt, but, you know, I, I believe it would be like somebody saying, well, you, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the smart black person I know, or some, some, something really insulting like that. Well, no, it's, well, it's funny. It's, I tell the story. It's got a kind of, I, again, I laugh at it. You know, it's like, I, you got to have a sense of humor about it. But, and I've said this to Joanne, uh, at the University of Colorado, um, I, I graduated economics and, and a business degree. And, um, and at the time, companies would come to your, come to campus and you'd interview before your, in your senior year. Um, and so I, every interview, every single interview I went on, after about 10 or 15 minutes, the human resource person, oh, it was a male back then and white, they would say, geez, you speak very well. <laughs> and, and I would go, I'd be thinking to myself, you idiot. Like, I've been, I, this is like, I, I, Took me five years to get through university. I said, I've been going to university for five years. Why wouldn't you think I would speak well? That was what's going on in my head. But they're thinking they're giving me a compliment. But what they're saying is, you know, you don't you don't speak you speak well for a black guy. And and that's again going back to my mom, that's one thing my mom told me. She said when I was very little, she said, You're going to have to articulate very well. You can, because I, I said ain't one time and she washed my mouth. I was so told me, I, I have to speak properly all the time. And, you know, you're a little kid, you don't know why, but she said, because you're going to be judged on how you speak. Joanne, and, what was it like, you know, watching him go through these things? Oh, it was hurtful uh, for sure. And um, not, I think the underlying feeling was that it was all of this was wrong, but I didn't um, truly at the time understand the the impact of all the years that he had had before I met him. But you know, the thirty two years I had, I, I've now lived longer with him than without him, and I truly understand the depth of of the subtleness of. Um, comments and the hurt that that comes from it, and often you can't uh, you can't address it um, because it, it comes off either as you're you know you're claim you're uh, complaining or you're pulling that race card or whatever it 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 doesn't have um, any kind of uh, weight but it's there and it's the subtleness that I have found. Um, the um, uh, difficult to actually uh, 
<laughs> see firsthand and to hear. But, you know, it's funny. One of the things that sticks out of my mind most of all is that when I was in Denver and I was working there, I was the number one sales rep out of 300 or so sales reps for this particular company. And I'd been there a year and a half, and I wasn't promoted. And guys that were way underneath me as far as their uh, performance, were they were given given the jobs, uh, management jobs. And I was... Uh, and I was I was upset about that because I knew I proved myself, and I I was number one out of three hundred, and uh, yet these other guys were passing me who were all all white, and that that was upsetting. Um, so uh, yeah, there's certain times you get upset, and I, what I did is I just went on to another company, and then I eventually said, you know, I got to do my own thing, and that's um, I got to be an entrepreneur. That's because um, uh, I felt that I. It was going to be hard to progress within the system, especially in the U.S. at that time in the you know in the early eighties. Uh, bringing all this back is it is it painful to you to remember all of this so intensely now? Uh, Joe, go ahead. Oh, for me, I I, I, I do find it um, a little bit unsettling. Um, however, I'm uh, uh, so hopeful um, by the, um, uh, not only the positive responses and the feedback that we have received, but just overall the corporate, the media, the uh, actions that are now being taken that you can see that there, there, there is change being uh, happening. It's not just a protest and then we forget about it. It's not just another um, uh, murder of a, a, a young uh, black male or um, that we, you know, we we go, oh, that's too bad, and then we forget about it. I'm actually seeing that things are happening, and and it makes me hopeful. So, if we could could just, you know, that generation that watched Body Break and and see that, you know, it, it can be mainstream that we can all work and play together, then. Wow, that's pr- pretty neat, and we've still got a long way to go. But you know, there, I, I, I feel there's change. And when Dad, Hal's dad, who's eighty, eighty-eight, and for the first time in his life, he he sees hope. That I, um, it gives me nothing but hope. Hal, is it is it painful for you to uh, go through all this again? No, it's refreshing. <laughs> you know, it's like finally somebody wants to listen. And so it's, uh, it's great. I mean, I, I've always felt, you know, Moses has he kind of, uh, in the seventies when I was growing up, uh, you know, tell uh, 79 and all the things, the trailblazing things that he did that were different, that were out of the box, um, that, that made people think, um, uh, made people talk and, and was, a and that, that was, uh, that had a, that certainly had an impact on me uh, growing up as a as a young kid. Well, thank and, you for that. Um, and that's uh, I'm I'm very hopeful that things are changing. I hope that in corporations they look around the room and say, we need to get another uh, another voice in here, uh, someone another perspective, and it'll it will do our company good by doing that. Uh, uh- just uh, one question that I thought of before we wrap things up. Hal, do you think that all of this is 
there's a generational aspect to this that your response and your approach is, is perhaps different than some younger people of color? Uh, it, it might be. I don't know in the sense if it's generational because I was like this 32 years ago. You know, so um, I'm like I've always had the approach that you don't change um, people's minds with the hammer. You change it when you change their heart. When you change their heart, that's that controls their body. So um, you can force them to do things, but unless you teach them and 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 as I said, with body break, we've subtly been giving you the medicine to understand that we can all be together. Um, that's that was my approach 32 years ago. Now there's people out there that that want to shake things up and in a very, um, uh, you know, a very, you know, very aggressive, more aggressive way than, 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 than it's my approach. I'm just, I just do it the way I'm way. It may be, maybe generational, but I've been doing this kind of all my life this way. Okay. Anything else you want to leave us with? No, I'm good. Well, until You're good. Next time. Sorry, Joanne. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, yes, we'll have fun. Listen, uh, this has been really interesting and eye-opening, and thank you so much for joining us. It's good to talk to you. I hope to see you again in person soon. Yes, thank you. Okay, stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.